KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Friday as we talk sports with you uh, right up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. We welcome you to the program. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. In about 10 minutes, I'll speak with uh, State Senator Nate Bolton. The uh, build regarding the uh, the image, name, and likeness uh, continues to move uh, forward through the uh, – the legislature, so we'll get the very latest and what hurdles perhaps remain. We're starting to see some criticism towards the way the bill has been written pursuant to you know, the fact that uh, why hold this money uh, in trust uh, from the student-athletes until they graduate or until they decide to transfer? Why can't they have the money right now? Uh, look, I think we're doing we're going down the right path towards uh, getting these uh, men and women compensated. How, uh, how they actually distribute that money, I think we can work that out once we get the main bill passed. So, uh, anyways, we'll speak with Nate Bolton. I shouldn't say we. I have nothing to do with it. Uh, but Nate Bolton will join uh, the program here. Here in about, oh, 10 minutes or thereabouts. It's 11 o'clock, Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. We'll take a look back, take a look forward. Uh, the Hawks had uh, a terrific win last night over a top 25 ranked team in Ohio State, and it was the way that it was done. Uh, some of the role players, yeah, Garza got his, that's night in and night out, right? He's going to do that, but it was Creener. And it was Pemsel, who is back. You're 100% right, Cordell Pemsel, and you mouth those words. And you are back, and I hope you continue to stay back and maybe uh, take another step forward because it's a different basketball team when you are. And Bakari Evelyn, who I thought was just uh, taking up a uniform uh, for the at the beginning of his Big Ten career, he's just one of those many seniors that suddenly they realize, you know, February rolls around. Oh, my gosh, I'm in the final month of my college basketball career, final full month of my college basketball career. Career high for him, 15 points last night, so we'll get into that. And I do want to save some time for Northern Iowa because that, to me, was a fatal blow uh, to you and I as far as are there is there an at-large bid out there if indeed uh, they don't cut down the nets in St. Louis, and I don't see a path, and uh, I really don't. I thought it was going to be tough to begin with, but man, going on the road and losing the way that they did, and you know what, give them credit for coming back in the basketball game. They were down... I think 20 with nine minutes to play. Mitch Holtis had the call. ESPN Plus had the coverage of that one last night. But, and the, and the good news is, I guess, is they, they kept fighting right till the end. And Green had a shot to duplicate what he did at the Genteel Center this past Saturday. He had the ball in his hand with an opportunity to tie the game at the buzzer and he hoisted up a three. And for uh, one of the few times uh, this year when he needed to make that basket, and he made a couple uh, clearly to bring them back into the game, but it didn't fall. And I think uh, what uh, what the takeaway with that to me is you better win in St. Louis because if you don't, regardless if you get there and Loyola and, and you guys play into an, an overtime game um, in St. Louis, then you just, you're on pins and needles, right? It's it's going to be in the committee's hands, and will they find a way to put a, a runner-up in the... And look, there's no guarantee they're going to be the runner-up, because don't look now. 
The Panthers and Loyola both eleven and four, but Bradley and Southern Illinois, and I don't have tiebreakers, although I know Southern Illinois plays tomorrow uh, Sunday at the McLeod Center. These teams are all within striking distance. Going to be a hell of a race these final three games in the uh, in the valley. But you and I, I think their wiggle room uh, went down the drain last night. So let's spend a couple of minutes on I before we get a break and get Nate Bolton, state senator, in here. Uh, I couldn't have been any more impressed with with the way that this Hawkeye team came out and from the opening tip uh, took it to the Buckeyes. Um, and the Buckeyes had won five or six coming into this one last night, so they were playing well, and they've got some really good players. Let's face, let's be honest. I mean, Weston is a, is a load inside. And remember Arns last time that Ohio State and I were played? Arns went off for 29. He couldn't miss from three. Well, last night uh, he was uh, his only basket was a three, but that was it. There were other guys on that team. Lytle was terrific. What a spark off the bench for him. Young was a uh, a pit bull uh, in the lane and diving for loose balls. He played pretty well. But you know what? As well as they played uh, the Hawks, uh, this thing was really, there was never a point watching the game, at least to me, that I thought, oh boy, here, here they come. Here come the Buckeyes, and how can they blow this big lead? And it got maybe a little tight. What was it, nine, maybe seven at one point? I think nine for sure, might have been seven. Uh, but that was as close as they would get. Greener was terrific. Look, think how good this team's going to be when Wieskamp's shots are falling. I mean, he's really struggled shooting the basketball the last two games, and they win in Minnesota, and they pick off a top 25 uh, team in the Bucks last night. When Wieskamp's shots are falling, this team gets significantly better. Connor McCaffrey makes the first basket of the game last night, a three-pointer to go up 3 nothing. That was it for him offensively. I mean, you're not asking him to score, you know, 12 or 15 night in and night out, but he does so many other things in the 35 minutes that he played. Toussaint was way better last night, but it's the two guys off the bench, right? It's Cordell Pemsel, who is such a big body in the lane and provides so many nightmares for some of these teams and some of these bigs. And he really hasn't been able to you know, come anywhere close to what he was in his freshman season, but maybe, just maybe, uh, he's starting to get uh, fully healthy again, and he's being rewarded with some minutes. Played 19 of them last night, and he was really good. Whether it was that uh, that dipsy do that behind the back spin to his left and and a an uncontested layup, or altering shots, or grabbing rebounds, uh, he was fantastic. And Bakari Evelyn. Look, what can you say about the way he played last night? My God, he was terrific. He was really good. The shots that he made, when he made them, uh, you couldn't ask for more out of the senior Bakari Evelyn. Two guys off the bench last night, that's all they needed. Uh, foul trouble was uh, not a factor with the exception of uh, Creener, I think, uh, fouled out late in the game. But good for the Hawks. They're off now until they head to uh, Michigan State. Uh, by the way, if uh, if you would like to see Iowa and want to see them on a weekend, there's only one more weekend game left. The game is sold out, but KXNO's got a couple of tickets for you, an opportunity to win. We'll do this before we go to break, A.D., uh, if you um, if you want to watch Iowa and Penn State right now, the second ranked team uh, in the Big Ten, they're ten and five. Uh, Hawks ten and six. Of course, Maryland leads the way. But Penn State, Iowa, a week from Saturday. 29th of February, 11 a.m. in the morning. Go to kxno.com. 
Our friend Dr. Stephen Fuller from fullerdental.net has provided us with a couple of tickets. KXNO.com, click the contest tab. There you'll be asked to fill out the total points in this Tuesday's Michigan State-Iowa game. Closest without going over. So how many points will be scored in the Spartans versus Hawkeye game? Uh, if you're the closest without going over, you'll win those two seats. If we need to go to a tiebreaker, the tiebreaker is going to be combined Luca Garza points. And rebounds. So last night he had 24 points, 30 rebounds, or, or 30 rebounds, four rebounds. So 30 would have been the magic number last night. So it's a two-part question. We'll only get to the tiebreaker, of course, if we need it. How many points, total points, both teams, closest without going over, your opportunity to win tickets to the sold-out game, Carver-Hawkeye Arena, Penn State-Iowa, final weekend game of the season at Carver-Hawkeye. We'll get the timeout. We'll come back. Nate Bolton will join us. We'll get the very latest latest on the bill that's moving through the house in the 11 o'clock hour tom kekert leaves it leads it off dylan monts on iowa state about 11 20 it's friday that means trent and i will give you an opportunity to win some claxons barbecue we'll do that about 11 45 we take you until noon on des moines sports station 1460 kxno and now on 106- free. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. About 10 minutes before the hour, 11, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 uh, FM. He's State Senator Nate Bolton, uh, also an attorney, an employment attorney at Hedberg and Bolton, HedbergLaw.com. And Nate joins me as we go over name, image, and likeness that took a major step forward this week. Nate, Ken Miller, thanks for joining me here this morning. Uh, fill us in, Nate. It uh, passed a major hurdle this week. What was that hurdle, and what lies ahead? Yeah, so there's a a big deadline in the legislative process every year that a bill to still be alive for consideration has to be passed by a full House or Senate committee uh, by, well, today is the the deadline day. And this, uh, our Senate name image likeness bill met that deadline, was passed by the Senate Education Committee with only one opposing vote. Unfortunately, on the House side, Uh, It did not get passed by the state government committee, so the House bill is now dead for all practical purposes in the legislative process. So we we were able to get past that deadline in in the Senate. They weren't able to get past it in the House, but it it has stayed alive and has passed committee. So that that is a huge step because most bills don't make that deadline, and that's where a lot of, of, of bills will die in that committee process and and be done. So it's still still moving and that's that's a big step so so you're gonna have to help me out with this one nate and i I apologize for my political ignorance here uh but what so what does that mean that i mean the what did the congress uh portion uh of the legislature not like about it what was i guess what what did they find fault in so um it's unclear why it died in the house um my, my suspicion is that that there was Honestly, there's some reluctance uh, in in both chambers to to pass this. It's taken on you know mm-hmm. some, some criticism, um, and so once it passed the Senate, I think a little bit of pressure came off the Iowa House to keep their version moving, um, and so we at least have have one one piece of the puzzle still still alive. But 
it shows that this this is far from a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen. Right. Um, you know, Tony Bizignano was quoted in Randy Peterson's article. He doesn't want to see athletes yeah. driving around in Cadillacs and have $10,000 in their pocket. Well, who carries cash anymore to begin with? Uh, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. So I, yeah. I guess that's what you're coming up against is, is, is still some of these – I guess misconceptions that um, that 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 students, for whatever re- student athletes, for whatever reason, shouldn't be allowed to, you know, to be compensated for this. Are you are you finding that that's still a major pushback? Yes, and 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 you know, it's 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 pretty clear. There's pressure kind of on on both sides of of a piece of legislation like this. Uh, there's going to be an argument that this doesn't go far enough to give students access to their money profits yep. from name image likeness right as they earn it just as any any other person in society would do mm-hmm. the flip side is there are, are people that view the ncaa model and the college athletics model as an amateur model and want to preserve amateurism mm-hmm. as much as possible um you know it, if i'm able to wave a magic wand and be the only vote that's required to pass a bill in the iowa senate it probably doesn't look like the bill that, that we were able to get bipartisan support for. Mm. Um, but we're doing the best we can to to be the second state in the nation to allow our college athletes the protections that they deserve and have access to profits from their name, image, likeness, and try to hold together enough of a coalition to do something on it. So, I, I'm not yeah, sure. There's, there's pressure on both sides. Gotcha. So I, I guess I'm not sure if you're able to answer this, but I'm, I'm assuming there are lobbyists that are that are pushing against this passage right and, and who would be behind those lobbyists are you can we find that out somewhere i mean uh, is is the ncaa have they come into the state of iowa and are you know trying to find a lobbyist to you know get, get into a politician's ear are there lobbyists working uh, hard against this i wouldn't say they're lobbyists working hard against this they're, the most we've seen is our, our colleges uh, they've registered as, as formally undecided on the legislation, and and that's not unusual. Um, I think what we've heard from particularly our state regents institutions is that they see the problem. They're not convinced that it's a state-by-state solution to address it. Uh, my counterpoint to that is that the NCAA has been aware of this problem for quite some time, and it's it's, I think, a little bit disingenuous for the NCAA to say, we need Congress to solve this problem for us when there's no doubt the NCAA could solve this problem tomorrow right. if the rules change. Gotcha. So they're not taking care of their business, and at some point the states have to step up and take care of our citizens. Would you have had an easier path if you would have uh, outlined the step maybe to, to, to that these athletes are able to? Because that's what we're seeing now, right? We're seeing that it's a great bill. We're glad it's moving forward, but it's certainly lacking in some areas. And the area that seems to be brought up the most is why should they have to wait until they uh, until they graduate or till they move to another school? If that would have been spelled out, might that have made it easier to gain uh, recognition or gain acceptance? Uh, I think this this bill doesn't get even as far as it has right now without at least the trust account provision gotcha. in there in the limited sense that it is. I mean, to be clear, the state law, if this thing were to become law tomorrow, would not actually require those trust accounts to happen. The universities could say that in order to to stay eligible, you have to put some or all of the money into a trust account. If that becomes a competitive disadvantage to other states like California and mm-hmm. elsewhere, 
I, I don't think our schools will require that trust account uh, if other states aren't doing that. Uh, but for right now, it's been been a pretty big point for some of our legislators to say, we, we want to see that amateur model preserved as much as possible. And if we're going to be the second state to do this, this is a little bit more of a safe step to take to include a trust account. So like I said, there's pressure on both sides, and that's kind of how the legislative process works to get enough people to support something to get to get it accomplished. Uh, State Senator Nate Bolton, Nate, we'll get you out of here on this. So it's dead in the House, it's alive in the Senate. I guess what is what's the likelihood of this getting to the governor's desk and and her signature uh, this year? Do you think it's 50-50, 60-40 in favor? Uh, where are you as far as the likelihood that Iowa does become the second state behind California to pass this? Um, I'd, I'd say our odds aren't aren't fifty fifty. They're not quite that high. Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna take some some support continuing to build on this. Uh, the good news is we've got time to to continue the conversation and build that support now. If it hadn't made out out of committee this week, that it would be a hundred percent dead. Um, but we've got time to do that. I'm I'm optimistic that the more conversations we have, the more people feel comfortable with this concept. Uh, I've noticed that. Since we started, um, people that that generally would have said absolutely not to this, the more they look at it, the more they learn about it, have come a long way in saying, okay, maybe the state should step up. So, you know, we're going to keep trying. Good stuff. Nate, thank you, and we'll keep keep reaching out to you uh, as this thing moves forward. Thank you very much, Nate Bolton. Appreciate you coming on, as always. Nate Bolton, state senator. As we do a little name, image, and likeness, so maybe not quite 50-50. doesn't sound promising uh, if you're a student athlete in the state of Iowa, but maybe there's, as Nate said, there's time to change some opinions. All right, uh, we will begin the 11 o'clock hour with Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com, Dylan Monson, on Iowa State Barbecue before we get out of here at noon as well. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Station, Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon, live from the King Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Take you until noon. Oh, 20 minutes or thereabouts. Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune on Iowa State. We will recap uh, his two-part real good read uh, at the Ames Tribune. His conversation with Matt Campbell. Do some basketball as well. Uh, Claxon's Barbecue. But right now, Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Well, first of all, good to see you. Brother. Hello. Hello. Thank How are you? you? You and Cody were really good, by the way. It was a lot of fun. Having Cody up there, just another set of eyes, made it certainly a lot easier for me, and he's just got such a depth of knowledge on the wrestling scene. Great to have him up there. Can you what, get him tomorrow? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so, yeah. but he had to chase a story down there, so he had to leave uh, before we finished up our coverage, but you're, you're great. He's absolutely great, and when he's not chasing stories, hopefully he can pop in at least for a few matches tomorrow night. No, he's really good. So you'll be on the air what time tomorrow night? 6 o'clock, we'll, okay. uh, we'll hit the Grand March with that one. Wrestling should start by about 6.15, 
So uh, we'll get started right then, and we will bring you all the coverage, all 14 weight classes, wow, all the way till about 10.30. The nice thing is... Do get a break in between all the matches as opposed to what I've done these first two days as there'll be those uh, TV timeouts in between each weight classes and I'll be able to get a little break of the voice at least. Good stuff. Well, let's get Tom Cakert in here. Tom, thanks for being patient. How are you? Good to speak with you, Tom Cakert. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Hope you guys are well. I know Trent's busy. Indeed that he time is. of year. And he I loves it. I still haven't got that cot down at Wells Fargo Arena because I basically lived there for a month straight. Still working on that one. You got any pull? <laughs> I don't. I don't down there, but uh, hopefully the Wi-Fi is working pretty good there. Cause it, that's always been my bugaboo. It's jumped up in a big way. That's They've a done good. a really good job here, really, the last couple of years. And when the first NCAA tournament came there, that Disaster. was my biggest concern, yeah. is how bad is this going to be? It wasn't great that time, but they've got a lot better on, on that side of things. Well, Tom, let's get into last night. And, uh, you know, the couple of things that jump off, look, Garza's going to get his night in and night out, right? You're, 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 nothing he does now will surprise us because it seems to do something uh, different or something uh, that just makes you go, wow, night in and night out. But Cordell Pemsel, if you listen to him, and I did, and I believe it, I'm back. Uh, as he mouthed that into the camera last night or mouthed that, he was going back up to the floor and the camera caught him. Bakari Evelyn, the two dudes off the bench last night, Tom, their contribution should not be lost on anybody. Yeah, and, and they needed them. Uh, without C.J. Frederick, other guys have to step up. And, uh, you know, who would have uh, who would have thought that, uh, you know, for most of the game, Joe Wieskamp was like the lowest scoring guy on the Iowa roster for a good portion of the first half. Uh, but that's how it worked out with you know, Bakari scoring, uh, you know, 15 points a season high and uh, hitting three threes, uh, dishing out three assists, and then Cordell, nine points, eight rebounds, uh, three assists of his own, a couple steals. Um, and having Cordell playing like I think we all know he's capable of playing would just be such a boost to this mm-hmm. team because it just gives them that third big man that they can rotate in there. And he just, it just seems like, um, ever since like last Monday when he had his second incident of the year, his teammates kind of just picked him up and said, look, we got you. And mm-hmm. that's just sort of refocused him because I, you know, he's even admitted this last week he was just kind of doubting himself and just, not really, you know, feeling it. And, and since then, I mean, he played great up in Minnesota, played great last night. And if they can have him, that's, that just adds to this team. It's just a seven-man rotation right now with the injury of C.J. Frederick, the other guy off the bench. Bakari Evelyn, maybe his best game in a Hawkeye uniform. and I, I think no doubt, Trent. Hit, hitting threes. But the thing that I don't think we've ever seen from him is his ability to get to the rim. There were a couple of different plays where he got to the 10. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that out of the guy. We've seen him hit threes before. We've never seen that before, though, Tom. Yeah, the last two games he's played really well. And let's not forget, you know, he he really lifted him up uh, against Cincinnati uh, when they were struggling, and Joe Toussaint was sliding all over like he was a Blackhawks player at the United <laughs> Center. And he just, you know, he was uh, he played really well there. The two big free throws against Minnesota uh, to kind of you know give Iowa the win there really, and uh, he was huge in that game, and that was you know a guy making a play uh, late in the game and trying to make one and getting fouled. Uh, but he's he just seems to relax and seem to have found his role on the team, and uh, and now you're seeing what he can do, and 
uh, you know, hitting those threes were, were huge, I thought, uh, but also his playmaking. I mean, you guys mentioned it. It was, you know, he's if he's getting in the lane and doing some things, and he's always been a pretty good defender, so... Mm-hmm. Um, like what I see from him. Yeah, I I, I uh, really like the way they defended for the most part all last night. Gave up too many offensive rebounds for my liking, but you know you can't have everything. And they they, they won the game convincingly. They covered um, for a lot of people out there that yes. matters. <laughs> my partner being one of them. Well, Tom was uh, betting live lines last night. I think were you, Tom? Yeah, I, I uh, after Joe Toussaint. Uh, Hit that first three, it was time to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. Hey, uh, CJ Frederick, what's the latest? I mean, I, 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 we was data. No, he was a game time decision, and he showed up in sweats, and um, you know, and then he was very quickly changed out of that. So going forward, Tom, did last night? I mean, listen, to McCaffrey after the game sounds like he's very close. If that's the case, will he play uh, in East Lansing on Tuesday night? I think the fact that they put him through a pretty rigorous workout earlier in the day to kind of test it out and see how he felt uh, kind of lends itself to perhaps Michigan State uh, that he could get back out there. It's going to you know depend on how that healing goes over the weekend, uh, but I think he's going to have a shot. I, you know, the thing that I'd heard earlier in the week was they were kind of targeting Penn State as mm. kind of the, the date when they thought that they would get him back, and that's you know, next Saturday, the the twenty ninth, uh, uh, eleven a.m. game against the Nittany Lions, and that's going to be a gigantic game. But you know, Michigan State, uh, you know, I think I, words I, I, because they'll probably go up there and get drilled by thirty, like every other <laughs> Iowa team seems to do. But boy, Sparty's vulnerable this year. Yeah, I agree. They can be had up there. I mean, they're just they're just this is not a vintage Izzo team, and I think they miss, like, Kenny Goins and Nick Ward much more than they thought they would. Yeah, and certainly the uh, injury before the year, Langford not being there, has been a big impact for the preseason number 1 team in college basketball. But they found a secret weapon last night. Did you see that? Jack Hoiberg started. <laughs> Jack Hoiberg. <laughs> no, you know what? What a class move out of Tom Izzo, right? All kidding yeah. aside, what a class move starting him uh, in Lincoln. Uh, and, and, I mean, clearly wasn't lost on anybody. Class move, Tom. Yeah, awesome. Just awesome. I, when I saw that uh, come across Twitter, I was like, that's just super cool. And Fred's reaction to it uh, in the post game was pretty funny, too. Yeah. So uh, he goes, who's number 10 out there? We don't know about him. <laughs> Didn't have the scouting report ready for Jack Hoiberg. Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, you know, talking about that top level, Michigan State preseason number one, it certainly has not been that season. We see Gonzaga, at least last night, struggle for a half at home against San Francisco, and on and on and on. We'll see Baylor, Kansas this weekend, but even if you get past that top tier, that next range where Iowa more than likely is going to face somebody solid in the round of 32, but this is not a hill too high to climb for this team, and certainly if they get the impact of the other pieces like they did last night, this Iowa team, they got a chance for a run. The other thing is if it doesn't happen, though, the negativity seeping back in, People, it's regular season basketball, I get it, and it just doesn't get the pub that maybe it should. It's all about March, but this has been a really special season, regardless of what happens in March. It's been, I, I think, Fran's I best, uh, best coaching job. Yep. Just, I, I don't think there's any question, given everything, all the barriers, all the obstacles. Lose Tyler Cook to the NBA, Isaiah Moss transfers, Bohannon, Nunji, 
Patrick McCaffrey, uh, you know, just on and on. Uh, C.J. Frederick having various injuries. I mean, Luca even talked to us last night. He tweaked his ankle up at Minnesota, hmm. and uh, yet they just keep going and they just keep coming and they just have this um, uh, kind of unbreakable faith that they're going to find a way. And and uh, this is a toughness that in a you know, Fran said after the game, this is the lowest maintenance team he's ever had at Iowa. And just, and that just tells you about the, the kind of the resolve that this team has. So, um, by the way, I'm looking at Joe Lenardi's new bracket and, uh, we would love St. Louis. He has Iowa as a six and St. Louis facing mm-hmm. USC with Creighton and Hofstra on the other side. Everybody would love that. And then the other part of the St. Louis bracket was, uh, you and I in that mm-hmm. time. Uh, um, I, I think, yeah, you and I with Ohio, Ohio State and St. Louis, and boy, wouldn't that be fun? Be yeah, awesome. I, I'm with you now. Uh, Shelby Mass, our guy, bracketwag.com, Gannett's bracketologist. He also had them in St. Louis, but uh, his bracket he updates his uh, every day as well. He's now moved them back onto the five line, but shipping them out east, which uh, I much rather have them in St. Louis. So. I, Iowa has a really good shot at getting a five. Yeah. They really do. I mean, you just look at their resume and, you know, they've got, uh, the, you know, tied for the most, uh, top 25 wins this year. They've got, uh, I think eight quad one wins. Um, and there's two wins that are right on the cusp of being quad one wins. I think it's Illinois and, um, uh, Wisconsin maybe that are just on the cusp of being top 30 wins. So, um, you know they they've just put together a, a terrific resume. Uh, by the way, the DePaul game, uh, the DePaul loss is now going to probably become a quad three loss <laughs> very soon. The way the Blue Demons are going, <laughs> I had a lot of people try to tell me that DePaul was going to be an NCAA tournament team this year. That that alas has not happened. Even what they did in the non conference, did they also beat Texas Tech in the non conference? Did they? I yeah, think- they were twelve and they were twelve and one, and now they're about one and thirteen. Yeah, the I, think they're, I think they're 1-12 in 12 in Big East play. Incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Hey, Tom, uh, one more thing for me on the basketball front, and we talked about C.J. Frederick getting him back. Has there been any updates on Patrick McCaffrey? Has Fran talked about him recently at all, where he is and, and coming back and maybe ready for next season? Yeah, he's kind of talked about it, and he said they're just kind of working through some things. Patrick's been practicing with the team and doing doing all the stuff in practice, but – they just don't want to tax him a whole lot. And, um, just, you know, they've obviously decided to redshirt him this year. And because he, you know, when he, uh, when they shut him down, he had lost, I think, 10 to 15 pounds, wow. uh, before the start of the season. So they were really concerned, obviously, because his frame is not very big to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to try and get a better hold on it. And I think they're, working through those things and he does look like he's healthier uh, at this point so um i i think he'll be fine for for next year and then you know uh chad leistico had that video last night bohannon's thinking 24 26 threes really? <laughs> yeah. yeah before the game i don't know how i missed that shots up and and uh <laughs> uh you know I, I, somebody joked with him that that maybe he could come back because he you know, maybe he could be ready for march and he's like nah i'm just on a full season so he'll he'll be back then yeah, good, because this team next year, I mean, assuming Garza comes back, and that seems to be the consensus that he's not going anywhere, and Wieskamp likewise, 
Oh, this team is going to be loaded, Tom Caker. But we'll get to that uh, when uh, the calendar says we should. Right now we're talking about this year's team, and we will do so again with you next week. Thank you, Tom Caker. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Tom Caker. HawkeyeReport.com. So Shelby had them on the six. Okay. With the win last night, bumped them back into the five slot, but moves them from St. Louis to Sacramento. Ooh, that is not a fun trip. No. Stay in St. Louis. Stay in St. Louis. And the difference is the between six. playing and, and really, I mean, if you want to get crazy and start to look forward, it's better to be a six because in the Sweet 16, you don't have to play number one. That's right. 100% right, Trent. And I think that gap is growing between the top four teams and everybody else. We'll see this weekend with Baylor, Kansas. Right. But I don't I mean, I don't think the the loser's not going to fall off. No, no, no. I'm with uh, Duke getting beat the way that they did. Yeah. Florida State's got some wards. They got some depth, but they got some wards. Mm-hmm. Dayton struggled last time out. Um, Maryland's Maryland. They're still playing exceptionally well. San Diego State undefeated. Yeah, I know. I we know. saw them. They're good. Yeah, saw them Malachi in Las Flynn's, Vegas. Malachi Flynn's a really good player. Mm-hmm. West I'm not great. sure I've seen them since then. Have seen you? them every once. They're on usually CBS Sports Network late. I'll uh-huh. flip them on for 10 minutes and it's Malachi Flynn doing his thing. Right. But the Mountain West, the rest of it's just so bad. It's just, it's not a good conference this year. UNLV's not quite there with mm-hmm. odds and they'll get there. Mm-hmm. I think so. Nevada with Alford. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Station 1460 KXNO, now 106.3 FM, approaching 1130 on your Friday morning. Trent and I take you just until before noon. Claxon's Barbecue in about oh, 20 minutes or thereabouts. We'll give four of our listeners an opportunity to win some Claxon's Barbecue. We'll give you the four games and the tiebreaker. Whoever wins the most will get a $35 gift certificate, the runner-up 25. But let's talk Iowa State, shall we? We get Dylan Monson here, Ames Tribune. Dylan, I want to start with football with you. Um, you, you had a lengthy conversation and a two-part piece at AmesTrib.com on your conversation with Coach Campbell. A lot of ground to cover with you. You guys are really uh, you asked a lot of good questions, and he certainly wasn't, uh, by the looks of things, cutting you short or trying to, uh, you know, to cut the interview short. Um, with any of his answers. Where I want to start with you, Dylan, welcome to the program, first of all, is Devin Larson. You know, we know that Bowman and Deckers, and your question was right with Real Mitchell leaving, you know, the the rush maybe to get one of those freshmen prepared should uh, Brock Purdy have to leave the football game. But Devin Larson's a name that I've seen a couple of times, a walk-on who I guess was hurt uh, in the recruiting process at his high school, and that may have kept him uh, from, uh, you know, from getting a scholarship offer. What can you tell us about him, and what do you know about him? Yeah, he's from Gilbert, Arizona, which is the same uh, town as Brock Purdy, but he went to a different high school. He went to Queen Creek. So he's part of that uh, Arizona. Yeah, I don't uh, I think they have like maybe four or five kids now uh, in the program from Arizona, but uh, he has a preferred walk-on spot, uh, was getting some interest out of high school, and like you mentioned, uh, it was dinged up and then, um, you know, missed some time. And, um, you know, he's a name that got, I think, mentioned 
very briefly early on last year as a guy that um, you know was filling out depth in the room a little bit. But uh, I know Matt Campbell made a point to me and then a couple other people that he's a guy that, that that's going to be in the mix at least. It's not fair to just assume that the two two true freshmen that are coming into the program are automatically the guys. I think they will have Devin Larson there as an insurance policy because he has been in the program, but. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's maybe the biggest thing is you need guys there you can trust. And uh, with his, his background and now being around the team for a year, being around Brock Purdy, being around um, you know uh, Joel Gordon, Matt Campbell, Tom Manning now, uh, it's invaluable to have a guy like that. So I think they're excited uh, from that aspect of things. And a pretty big kid too, correct? Yeah, what is he? Six four two nineteen. I was mm-hmm. listening to that. So and that's that's where he differentiates himself from Brock Purdy a little bit. Maybe looks more like Aiden Bauman or Hunter Deckers from a size standpoint. So uh, that doesn't hurt either. You know, Dylan, in our conversations throughout the years, it seems like we talk a lot of offensive line. And though there's a couple of offensive line guys there, Matt Campbell at the forefront of it, Tom Manning has a lot of background there. We still haven't seen that big leap about the big guys up front. They're going to be replacing four starters this year. There's certainly talent in that room, but what do you think the reason is that it hasn't all clicked together throughout the four-year tenure of Matt Campbell on the offensive line? Yeah, it's a really good question, and uh, kind of hard to put your finger on a little bit. I think a lot of it starts um, maybe with continuities of staff. I think that's you know the, the guys that were most experienced in the program. Um, they they started with a different staff. They came in and, and did all the strength and weight training and and things, and then had to adapt to a new system. So you have to maybe um, reset uh, when the new staff comes in. So they're a little bit behind the eight ball. And, um, you know, I think um, maybe different styles within the league in the Big 12, some of the, some of the defensive fronts that you'll face now, especially this past year with, um, you know, Baylor playing a little bit more of that three-man front guys um, doing stuff a little bit different on, on that side of the ball. But, you know, I think uh, continuity is the biggest thing, and you know, injuries. Everybody goes through them, but um, you know, you have one injury on the offensive line that throws off the rhythm and chemistry that you can have there. Um, they've they've been victims of that the last couple of years, and um, you know, just haven't been able to recover at times as well as as people maybe would have hoped. But they do have uh, a couple pieces coming back in with Trevor Downing, who Matt Campbell said was maybe their best offensive lineman last year um, from start to finish when you went back and looked at the film and then Colin Newell coming back into the mix. Um, you know, people talk about them losing four starters, and, and, and they do technically, but he had started uh, a bunch of games as a redshirt freshman and then had the injury last year that kind of had him waiting in the wings, and then they have a couple other younger guys that can come in and fill the mix too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, a little bit of a – starting over with that group because you're going to have so many new new faces in there, but um, they do have a little bit of a foundation with Trevor Downing and um, Colin Newell. You know, speaking of those young guys, I know you asked the question, and a couple of names popped up. Grant Triber, don't know a whole lot about him. Jake Remsburg, I do, Valley kid from uh, here, Central Iowa, called a lot of his games, but two guys along that offensive front. You mentioned both those guys, and any other new names kind of popping out to you when he asked about the young guys getting ready for bull prep this year? Yeah, those two um, were the ones that Matt Campbell brought up, and then I think uh, Rob Hudson, who I believe is going to be a redshirt junior. Um, he's a name to watch at one of the guard spots. Joey Ramos is the guy we saw. Uh, a glimpse of last year um, in the Texas Tech game, he stepped in for Julian Jones when uh, he he was dinged up for a series, and then Ramos came in and I thought played pretty well. 
Um, so they, they they have a couple guys uh, that they can turn to maybe, but they're still going to be asking a lot um, from young guys to come in and play some pretty big roles. But Matt Campbell has said a few different times that he thought the recruiting class, I think the, the 2019 class was maybe the best collection from top to bottom of uh, of talent and skill that, that they've had. Um, you know, I think Daryl Simmons is, is in the mix there too. So, I mean, there, you can go on down the list of guys they signed in that recruiting class in 2019, and I think, um, you know, uh, many of them are, are well positioned to play this year. So it'll be fascinating to see how that goes through spring ball and then um, what, what that looks like in the summer and in the fall camp. Uh, Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune is our guest. Dylan, let's switch to basketball. Texas Tech uh, shares the floor at Hilton tomorrow with, uh, with Iowa State. I don't know what to make of this Texas Tech team. I mean, I've seen them times, and I think, boy, oh, boy, here we go again. Beer's got this team playing unbelievably well. Uh, these guys are growing up in front of our very eyes. Yes, they've won four out of their last five, but the teams that they've beaten, it's the bottom feeders. It's a win over Oklahoma, Texas, and TCU and K-State, but a loss on the road in Stillwater against Oklahoma State, who's, okay, playing a little bit better I watched him a couple of weeks ago against, uh, when was the Kansas Super Bowl weekend? The Kansas Texas Tech game, uh, in Lawrence certainly could have gone the Red Raiders way. Where are you on this Texas Tech team? I guess where I'm going is I, I won't fall off my chair if the clones put this one in the wind column tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think Texas Tech is uh, firmly in the top four of the league. Uh, I think they are uh, maybe a bit better than West Virginia despite some of their inconsistencies. But, uh, the big thing for Iowa State is, um, uh, you know, you're probably not going to shoot 75% from three again in the first half, but you need to take well, uh, well-positioned well shots, smart shots, don't turn the ball over, and you have to defend probably as, as good as they've defended in a while. That's been their, their weakness. Steve Prohm has talked about it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of the outlier uh, in the Big 12 in terms of uh, defenses. Uh, they're the one that just can't really seem to string things together. So. Uh, you need to play pretty well rounded, but you need to match um, some of what Texas Tech does defensively um, to give yourselves a chance because that um, you, you can't maybe expect to duplicate what he did um, from three in Lawrence. Yeah, it's asking a lot. Rest of the way, there's winnable games. I, yeah. I still think this game is winnable. I TCU is winnable. At Oki State is winnable. Got to win them, and mm-hmm. that's been the difficult part here. We've seen him play well at home. On the road's a different story, but as you go through here, what are you looking for? What do you want to see out of this Iowa State basketball team? Is it is it the youngsters getting more time? Is it some more continuity? What are you looking for, Dylan? Yeah, I think a lot of it probably shifts to there, – there's two things, I guess. Number one, um, the goal for this team should be to avoid Wednesday yeah. because there, I think there are enough games out there and enough wins to be had against some of the teams – um, in that uh, six through ten range, they can go out and sneak ahead of a TCU and a Texas um, to get to Thursday afternoon, which I think for this team and and all its uh, problems would be a win. And I think you do want to see some run from some of those younger guys. You want to see Trey Jackson um, get a lot of minutes, play you know handle the ball and um, and play well, mistake free. You want to see Rashir Bolton. Uh, continue to grow as a as an uh, instigator of the offense. You want to see Caleb Grail come in and be able to knock down some shots and really get those guys a lot of minutes. But you also want to balance that with, um, you know, re- respecting Michael Jacobson thirdly, and, and Prentice Nixon is still going to have to play a pretty big role uh, mm-hmm. here down the stretch too, and, and kind of balancing some of the youth. So I think it's just um, you know maybe what kind of energy those guys play with and 
and what they do with those opportunities because there, there are a lot of minutes to be had, but you do want to see um, maybe what you've got in store for uh, next season as well here. You know what? I haven't seen Dylan, and I think that's quite a compliment to uh, to their head coach in Prohm. Um, I haven't seen this team quit at any point. Even, you know, they were just, they were outmanned at Kansas, yet the beginning of the game, they're right there with them. We're, as we, we talked about, they're making all of those threes to start the second half. I'm not looking for, I guess maybe I am, small victories, right? Something you can build on a little bit. And I don't see that this team is just, yeah, they put it away. This isn't going our way. We're going to pout. We're going to take our ball and go home. I, the, the team is still playing hard for that coaching staff. Yeah, I think that's that's another thing you want to look for. You want to look for body language, and, and maybe that's a cliche term or a little bit um, overused at times, but I think it does. Um, it can tell you a lot about what's going on inside the practice facility right. without, without all the cameras, all the lights. And I think these guys have done a pretty good job, and I think Tyrese Halliburton being on the bench and – being as engaged as he has really helps that because he is the heart and soul of the team and, you know, gregarious personality and, and uh, really well-spoken and, and kind of that team first guy. So I think having his, him around is really big. And then, um, you know, Michael Jacobson too, uh, uh, you know, I think um, he certainly, you know, wanted to end his career a, a different way, but uh, I think he stayed engaged and kind of mm-hmm. is trying to bring everybody along as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, along with those other two things we talked about. That's probably what you're looking for too: is um, how well these guys can stay engaged and and continue to uh, work through some of these games, even when things aren't going their way. Good stuff, Dylan Mons. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, guys. Take thank care. you, Dylan Mons. Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. We can read Dylan and Travis Hines and the whole crew. Uh, so ESPNU, the next here's the Iowa State's next three. Of course, you can hear them all down the hall here on 100.3, the bus, the flagship of Iowa State Athletics. Um, Texas Tech, TCU at Oklahoma State, all of those three games ticketed for ESPNU. 208 on your direct TV. Right. West Virginia game has not been assigned yet. Uh, the final game of the season is an ESPN Pluser at K-State. So, anyways, Trent, we haven't had a t- any time for you and I to uh, talk about you and I yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I, look, the, I thought that they were slim to begin with mm-hmm. as far as... You know, if indeed they were able to win last night and they put that one in the win column against Indiana State, of course they didn't. Uh, if they got to Sunday and lost there, then maybe there would have been that safety net, right? That at-large bit. See, and I thought they were in good shape as long as they won out to the championship. Now yeah. with last night, I think it's dead. I'm right there with you. There's just there's too much other things that are going to happen here. Trent, there's no guarantee they're going to win the regular season. Yeah, what Loyola is? Are they tied with them now? They're tied. Yeah, both and at don't eleven look and four. Now, Bradley and, and Illinois State, or Southern Illinois rather, are right behind them. And they get Southern coming to the McLeod Center this weekend. And then you sent me that point spread. Are you sure that's the number? That's what it is right now. Ken Pomeroy has you and I, in fact, by twelve seventy fifty eight in the McLeod Center. We uh, lowered it a half because <laughs> we always make a half on there for the Claxons context. But that's a lot. That's of a ton of points. Now this afternoon, the official point spread will come out. Right, but it's going to be hefty. Yeah, no, because it the point like spread's it. always going to be very close to the Ken Palm number. It'll probably come out maybe a shade lower, but it'll still be nine, nine and a half, I'd guess. And 
So right now, give me the Salukis. I'm, I'm with you. So we're gonna uh, we'll set them for Claxons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look forward to doing that here momentarily. We'll give you the cue to call there. But uh, look, Burhau couldn't make a shot last yep. night. Halderman didn't score a point in the first 20 minutes of the game. Brown was good, I thought. Uh, Fife uh, missed one shot, and look. A.J. Green's got the ball in his hand as the clock is... And they were down 20 with nine minutes to go. Yeah. So, you know, hats off to them for, for, for you know hanging in the game. And, and Green's got a chance at the buzzer to tie the game, and it rimmed out. Boy, he's fun to watch. It's the way he gets open behind that three-point line. Uh-huh. He just... I have no idea how he does it. He Everybody it knows he's going to head. Win. Yes. You know who's having a pretty good senior year? Christian Williams. Yes, he is. Not bad. It's it's fun to see him out there. That Tyreek Key is a really nice player, too, for Mm -hmm. Indiana State. They've been great at home. The problem has been for them really on the road this year. But uh, that's a team. You want to see them in the semifinals? Uh If you're you and I are the one seed, you want to see Indiana State the way they can shoot it and Lansing. You know, he always likes to stick it to Mm -hmm. his home state, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a team to sign up for there either. Our Spanish is going to be good. No, it's going to be fun. Holtis had the play-by-play. Don't know who was on the color last night. Uh, I saw him at halftime. I didn't recognize the face. ESPN Plus, way to go. All right, we will do this right now. Unbusy the phone lines and give our first four callers an opportunity to slide on in here and win some barbecue at Claxon's. 284-5966 is the phone number. 284-5966. We'll give you four games in a tiebreaker. Runner-up. Power will get twenty five. Whoever wins it thirty five dollars worth of BBQ. If you're getting a ring, that means you are in. Stay there. Trent will come to you. Miller and Condon till noon. Claxon's barbecue next. It's fourteen sixty KX and O. And now on one oh six tails. Condon, Commissioner Condon, threw one of our callers out. He's a winner last week. I've been a little busy. I didn't call him and let him know. We have one spot. Two eight four five nine six six. One First spot. In. First in gets it. If you want to participate and you were calling in and you got a busy signal, well, you get a reprieve. At least one of you will. Two eight four five nine six six. Shane, Jim, Kevin, and whoever's the next one in will participate. We're going to give you the four games: Baylor, Kansas, U and I, Southern Illinois, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Drake, Illinois State. The tiebreaker for all of uh, the three contestants that are online going to be NBA tomorrow prime time. It's actually a pretty good game. I don't know what else is going on tomorrow night as far as what capture my sports viewing, but if there's no hoops game, uh, college-wise, Sixers, Bucks, not bad. Embiid, Giannis, sign me up for that one. I think that's where I'm going to land tomorrow night. So that'll be the tiebreaker. All right, Shane, Jim, Kevin, and Jake in that order. Shane goes first. Shane, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, Baylor is a point and a half favorite tomorrow over Kansas in Waco. Oh, let's go Baylor. You and I, the Panthers, give eleven and a half to Southern Illinois at the McLeod Center. Um, let's do Southern Illinois. Texas Tech is at Hilton tomorrow. They're a three and a half point favorite over Iowa State. Uh, Texas Tech. Drake Travels, Illinois State, is a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bulldogs. Who is that? Drake, Drake, Illinois State, at Illinois State. Uh, Drake's a favorite? No, Drake gets a point-and-a-half. 
Okay, Illinois State. Illinois State for you. Tiebreaker, total points closest without going over. Sixers, Bucks tomorrow night. Uh, let's see. 228. 228. Thank you, Shane. You have a good weekend. Jim is next. Hello, Jim. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Baylor, point and a half over Kansas. I'm going to say Kansas. You and I gives 11 and a half to Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. Texas Tech is a three and a half point favorite over Iowa State. Texas Tech. Illinois State gives a point and a half to Drake. Illinois State. Uh, Sixers, Bucks, total points closest without going over. 222. Thank you, Jim. Have a good weekend. Yep, you too. Thank you. Uh, Kevin is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? Good. Baylor, point and a half over Kansas. Kansas. You and I, 11 and a half over Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. Texas Tech gives a point and a half to Iowa State. Iowa State. And then Drake getting a point and a half from Illinois State. I'm going to take Drake. Okay. Uh, Bucks Sixers is the tiebreaker. Closest without going over total points, Kevin. 229. 229. Thank you, Kevin. Have a good weekend. And Jake claimed the final spot. Hello, Jake. How's it going? Good, thank you. Baylor is a point and a half favorite over Kansas. Kansas. You and I, 11 and a half over Southern Illinois. U-N-I. Texas Tech, three and a half points over Iowa State. Iowa State. And Drake getting a point and a half from the Redbirds of Illinois State. Uh, let's go Redbirds. Uh, total points is the tiebreaker. Buck Sixers tomorrow night. 220. 220. Thank you, Jake. Have a good weekend. Claxton's you- Barbecue in Altoona. That gift certificate good, uh, good five days. It's not good Friday and Saturday. Okay. But Sunday yep. through Thursday, $35 to the winner. Runner-up will get 25 bucks. Claxton's in Altoona making it possible week in and week out. And Claxton's been in business in Altoona for approaching 24 years. They have stood the test of time. I'm kind of craving another one of those brisket sandwiches. We need to get another one of those in so there because that was uh-huh. good. So you're saying we should have Andy over to the yeah, studio? It wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad idea. No, that was really good. The food's terrific. I think the ribs are as good as you're going to find in town. I really do. I am starving after this morning. So you're off for the rest of the day as far as or you've got... I'll be updates throughout the day. Okay. Yeah, no play-by-play. Uh, semifinals will be happening this afternoon and into the evening. Get the 3A semifinals this afternoon. 2.30 those begin. I mean, that is... Everybody watches, if you have any interest, you watch the finals. But mm-hmm. these kids wrestling today, 3A this afternoon, and then the night session, 2A and 1A, wrestling to get to Saturday night, you see some Pressure. unbelievable matches. A lot of times that's where you see the biggest upsets happen really? in the semifinal round. This is, I think, the best pure wrestling that you're going to see, and I'll keep you up to date all day long here mm. on KXNO. Uh, good crowds this, this morning, I'm assuming? Yes, it's been uh, it packed up, and when we had two classes here, 3A and 2A mm-hmm. together, really popped there. And shout out to my Green Devils, all four of the kids. I saw you shouting out to them. They, uh, all four of them that were in the quarterfinals advanced into the semifinals. Green Devils, chance to bring home some hardware. How about them Green Devils? Uh, what Sean, a great nickname that is. That is pretty good. Uh, Sean Callahan, who covers the Huskers of the rival site over there, he, apparently I saw this on Twitter last night. He comes, him and his family come over for Thursday night of the Iowa State Wrestling Tournament yeah. just to participate in the spectacle. It is. And it just blows them away. It's great. Uh, there there were so many people milling around upstairs mm-hmm. where the press box is up there. 
uh, after I was wrapping up today. And it's just, it's great to see the colors of everybody right. and the cheerleaders walking around and they get there to move over to the next mat. And you got two wrestlers from the same school that are wrestling and half the coaching staff's on one mat and half the coaching staff is on the other. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, if you've never experienced before and you live in the state, even if you don't know wrestling, go down for a session. You don't have to be there for the finals. Tickets mm-hmm. are a lot more difficult for that. But just oh, all right, so it'll be tough, uh, oh, yeah. tough to get in tomorrow night. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's sold out every year, uh-huh. and especially if you want to be by the correct mat. Say gotcha. you got a kid from your town and you want to be by the one A mat. Finding that spot can be a little bit difficult because it's packed year in and year. So are out. there scalpers on a Saturday? Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, there'll be awesome. people out there. You get hawking tickets, and that's the yeah. other thing where a lot of these schools that normally have kids, and if they don't, nobody qualifies, mm. gets to the finals. Well, you know what? Let's go out to eat instead. Mm-hmm. We'll watch it on TV, and yep. uh, we'll sell those tickets. Or listen to it, it on the radio. And you'll be able to do that on 106.3 and 1460. KXL. And you get on at what time? 6 o'clock or 6.30? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. We'll get the coverage started. Should be a lot of local interest. Uh, talked about, of course, the 3A the most, but... 2A, 1A, there'll be local wrestlers also involved there, and we'll bring you the hold-by-hold action on KXNO. It's always fun. I love this. Uh, I love this week, and I love the way the schedule's set up this year because normally there's been many years where it's wrestling right into girls' state, mm-hmm. right into boys' state. I get the week off this year, and at least a chance to catch my breath. So I wonder why that was. Was it just the way the calendar worked out? Was been. there an event at Wells Fargo next week? Maybe that's... Might be that, something too, but... I like the way that it sets up this year. Makes things a little bit easier, at least for me. Good stuff. Well, we'll be back on Monday. We'll recap. We don't have Iowa this weekend, which is kind of weird, but uh, they played last night. We'll see them on Tuesday. But I I think Iowa State's got a chance to win this basketball game tomorrow. I'm the exact same right. Texas Tech's played well. Yeah, but you know, okay. But they're not a they're not a wow team. They were what really impressed me was the way they hung in with Kansas on Super Bowl Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was a hell of a basketball game. But you know, it's, it's, I think it just depends what night you watch them. That's how I kind of feel about this Texas Tech team. And look, Iowa State's been. They're not great. They're not great. No, they're not great. But Jacobson, they have Nixon, flashes. They do. Bolton's come on clearly. Uh, Solomon Young. Maybe maybe tomorrow's a Solomon Young game. There you go. And if it is, they got a really big chance to uh, put it in the win column. Your Zags uh, go on the road to BYU this weekend. I saw that. I almost put that in the classes. I thought you might. I, I came within an inch. I thought, eh, Drake, come on. Local, local, local. All right, speaking of local, Murph and Andy are in at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Weekend will be over before we know it. We'll be back to Monday and... The Morning Rush will get things underway at 6. Thanks for being with us. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon, Monday through Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3.